You're listening to the Unveiling Mormonism podcast from PursueGod.org. Join us every Monday as we pull back the curtain on Mormon history, culture, and doctrine. Find more resources to continue the conversation at PursueGod.org forward slash Mormonism. All right, Bo and Katie, I'm really excited because we are we're kicking off a brand new series and it's called Bible Basics for LDS Investigators. Now, we already have on Pursue God, we have a Bible Basics series that we're updating as we speak. And, and part of some of those lessons are going to be part of, of this series. But we're going to add a couple more topics to this series, including today's sort of introductory um, lesson or episode. Because, guys, I want to just talk to you guys for a second about how Mormons view their, their Bibles well, scripture, I guess, in general, let's talk about that, and how now that you guys are Bible-believing, only Bible-believing Christians, right? Like, I, it's helpful for you, I think, to help us understand this, how you view this now, and why you view it the way you do. And then for the next seven weeks, people, if you keep coming back week after week to our listeners, you're going to learn all about the Bible. I mean, real this series, I'm really excited about this series. There's so much great content here about the structure of the Bible, the reliability of the Bible, um, the Old Testament, how it, how, you know, the story of the Old Testament, the story of the New Testament, there's just, there's a ton here. It's great for anybody, but we're really, we're really going to be focusing on this podcast. We're going to be focusing on the LDS investigator in particular. So guys, let's start with this. How, how did, how do you view the Bible now? And how did you view the Bible, say, a year and a half ago when you were still attending the Mormon church? That's a good question. I think maybe I'll start with how I viewed the Bible. So so I grew up Mormon, right? And, and I served a mission teaching from the scriptures. Uh, I actually taught LDS seminary professionally. That was my career um, for years. And so, so I would actually teach seminary students how to study their Mormon Bibles and their Mormon scriptures. So, so this was something that for, for me, I viewed scripture um, in a very specific way, right? Like I viewed uh, the Bible as the word of God, as far as it was translated correctly, just as Joseph Smith told me to, right? So, so I viewed it as the word of God, um, but I, there was always a bit of uh question as to whether or not I was reading it correctly or whether or not it was translated correctly or whether or not a Mormon prophet had given additional insight into what this passage actually meant, right? So, so as a Mormon um, growing up, I, I viewed scripture, I guess I viewed the Bible specifically as the word of God with a bit of a question mark. Um, and now, now when, when you say just scripture in general, I, I obviously viewed scripture as uh, something that was, we had more than just the Bible as scripture, mm. right? As a Mormon. So I believed in prophets, that, that prophets could speak for God, that they spoke for God on the American continent in ancient times. That's what the Book of Mormon is, that they spoke for God on, on the earth today through Joseph Smith, through Brigham Young, through John Taylor, etc., all the way through to the current prophet, right? So I viewed current prophet's words almost as, or maybe even, actually more, I, I viewed current prophet's words as more important than what the Bible taught. So 
Yeah, and that's probably important to dive into, but I'll just pause there. That that's how I viewed scripture as a Mormon. Yeah. So let me let me throw a term in here that we're going to be covering in the series, and the term is canonicity. Now that's a fancy term, but when we talk about what do we believe is canonical, what we mean by that is what do we believe is the is the inspired word of God? What do we believe should be part of the inspired word of God, should be part of scriptures? And so what we're going to be learning in this series in the next couple of lessons is that biblical Christians, and this would include you two now, believe that the 66 books of the of the Bible, so that's 39 books of the Old Testament and 27 books of the New Testament, that those are the only ones that are canonical. In other words, so so Christians believe in what's called a closed canon, and that means that we believe that there's not going to be any more scripture to be revealed. We're not waiting for someone to bring another testament. Obviously, Mormons believe in an open canon, right? Because, Bo, maybe just real quick, Bo and Katie, you can tell us what, what are the other scriptures that Mormons would believe besides the 66 books of the, of the Bible? Yeah, Mormons believe in the Book of Mormon um, as a canon. They also have the DNC and the Pearl of Great Price. So if you see a Mormon with a Bible that is insanely thick, it's because it's called a quad. It has the Book of Mormon, the Doctrine and Covenants, the Pearl of Great Price, and the Old and New Testament all put together into one. And then um, Mormons believe in an open canon because they believe that prophets on the earth today, or the prophet of the LDS Church on the earth today, can speak for God. So they view um, his words as scripture. Yeah, it's interesting. They don't. They don't add current prophets' words to their canon currently, mm-hmm. like they did in Joseph Smith's day. And, um, but, but they still, they, they come out with a monthly magazine and in that magazine are published the words of modern prophets and, and yeah, Mormon homes everywhere are supposed to revere their words and their conference talks every six months as scripture. So if 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 a Mormon prophet today were to reinterpret a passage from the Bible, that would be considered new canon, essentially, mm. in, 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 in the way that you're supposed to interpret that verse in today's day and age. So in other words, you would say that that, you know, so I remember like the, 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 de- the proclamation on the family or something years ago when we first moved to Utah. And so then that would be almost, that's not just like an article that I might write as a pastor. That is akin to scripture. Is, is that is that what you're saying? Yeah, it is absolutely. Yep. Now, a Mor- my understanding is a Mormon would say that's a good thing. See, look, we we have we have more revelation. So I don't know that the Mormons listening are necessarily going to think that, but I, I've heard this many times before. They look they look at me and they say, "Oh, poor you that you don't get any new revelation from God." And we'll talk about this in the next couple of episodes, like the difference between inspiration and illumination. Like we still believe that the Holy Spirit illuminates God's word to us. I mean, the whole, I mean, this happened for you guys, Bo and KD, is as you started to go through the pursuit, as you started reading the Bible and going to church and, and hearing biblical sermons, the Holy Spirit began to il- illuminate his word to you so that you could understand it. But that's different than inspiration. 
in the the inspired word of God, like we don't, we believe, and again, we get into this. I'm not going to get into it a ton right now, but in the series, we talk about what that does mean and what that doesn't mean. But it is very, it's like a very vastly different understanding of scripture that Mormons have compared to Christians. So, Bo, when you said that you kind of had a question mark when you thought about the Bible, do you did you have that same question mark when you thought about the the other scriptures that Katie just listed? No, and and that's just because of what you're taught as a Mormon, right? So you're taught as a Mormon that the Book of Mormon is the most correct book of any book on the face of the earth, and and a man would get closer to God by reading that book than by any other book, right? So that's that's what you're taught about the Book of Mormon, and you're taught about the doctrine and covenants that those are words from a living prophet of Joseph Smith, right? The mm. the prophet of the restoration. <clears throat> which are God's words directly filtered through a prophet written down. There's no translations, nothing lost in translation. It's directly from God's mouthpiece. So that's why for Mormons, they view those so highly. Um, and with the Bible, uh, how do I say this without, look, that you can't, <laughs> you can't believe that the Bible is fully the word of God and is translated correctly and be Mormon because the Bible does not teach the Mormon gospel. The Bible teaches Christ's gospel. And, and there is a difference, and I'm not here to argue whether or not Mormons are Christian or anything like that. I'm just, I'm just simply saying that um, it is a different gospel taught in Mormonism compared to biblical Christianity. And, and that's because of this idea of a, an open canon rather than a closed canon. Okay. And I think that's why this series is so important. You know, again, we might have some LDS investigators coming to the series. You're still not sure what you believe about the Bible. You're still not sure what you believe about Jesus or what you believe about the Trinity. I'm, I'm discipling a couple of people coming out of Mormonism right now. And they're, every Mormon's question, you guys had the same one, is explain the Trinity, explain Jesus to me. And you can't really explain the Trinity until you back up and say, I want to make sure that you understand how we view the Bible, is we believe that the Bible is God's word. And so we look to God's word in everything we do. So I'm not going to just try to explain it to you in a way that makes sense to our modern minds. I'm Everything that I say comes is based on the Bible. And so then the Bible says these, the Bible says this thing, and the Bible says this other thing, and these two things are hard to understand, but the Bible says both of these things. And so that's what the that's kind of where the Trinity comes from. It's trying to be faithful to the Bible. If I didn't care about being faithful to the Bible, I would just make up whatever made the most sense to my feeble mind. But but I believe, you know, biblical Christians take the word of God very seriously. We have what's called a high view of scripture. And, and I think that's why we really wanted to get this series out there. We want, we want people, especially coming out of Mormonism, or maybe you're not quite there, but, but some of our listeners are trying to figure this out. I think what you believe about the Bible is really, really important. So Bo and KD, for you, maybe you guys can speak to that in your journey over this last year as you've had to wrestle with that same thing, right? I'm sure you've come to some stuff where, where you're like, okay, what you're saying to me right now, I mean, I see where you're getting it from. You're getting it from just the Bible, 
Was it hard for you guys to say, we're not going to include this other stuff anymore, the stuff that we grew up with? I mean, when you memorize a hundred different scripture mastery verses that are from <laughs> other scripture, yeah, it's hard to get those out of your head. Yeah. No, but um, it, it, I guess here's what I would say. So it's hard, um, it's hard to study the Bible as a Mormon without getting confused. And so typically when you study the scriptures and what you're taught to do when you're studying the scriptures as a Mormon is you look for words from modern prophets. You look for cross-references to the Book of Mormon or to the Doctrine and Covenants that help explain mm. the Bible from a Mormon lens, almost proof texting the Bible, right? right. Because otherwise the, the Bible's not going to teach what you want it to be teaching you as a Mormon. So so that's where um you know, it's it's interesting. I mean, even some missionaries, as they're out and they're studying the Bible, they start to become Christian on their mission because they're studying the Bible more than the Book of Mormon, hmm. stuff like that. I, I think it's just interesting. But but yeah, I, for for me, when for me it all came down to like when I realized and when I came to terms with Joseph Smith not being a prophet, hmm. um, then all of that other scripture was gone, right? Book of Mormon, Doctrine and Covenants, Pearl of Great Price was all gone. And what I was left with was the Bible. Hmm. So then for me, it was, I had to make uh, a decision of faith that was obviously inspired by the Holy Spirit to, um, yeah, to, to believe in the Bible. And from there, uh, I, I, I wouldn't say it was easy, but, um, but it, everything became so clear to me when I studied the Bible from then on, because it was, it was one full story of the love of God. And, um, and it was all, all about Jesus. So it, it, it just became so much easier to read, understand and apply the Bible to my life. KD, what about for you? Because I know for you, uh, you know, over the la over the course of this last year, you've had some really hard questions, you know, and I've tried to help you maybe answer some of those questions. And I know I, it probably was a different experience for you that when you come to me with your questions that, that I'm not just telling you what I think, but that I'm saying, look, let's look to what the Bible says. Here's what the Bible says. Now that doesn't necessarily, the Bible doesn't answer every question that we have, but so sometimes you do have to say, well, here's what we know, you know? And so we, it's not like we, we can answer every last question. The Bible doesn't talk about pot. The Bible doesn't talk about transgenderism, right? Things like that. So obviously there are principles sometimes that you have to draw, but I know that over the course of the year, has it been hard for you at some points, like, I don't know, submitting, submitting yourself to the Bible and, and having maybe, I don't know if it felt like you had less wiggle room or more wiggle room when you, when you started holding a high view of the Bible? At the beginning of my journey, I, I had to um, question the Book of Mormon's authenticity because there is no proof that there, we don't have manuscripts. We don't have the golden mm. plates that Joseph Smith translated. So I, I started to not believe in that. And then when it came to the Bible, I, I had always been taught that it wasn't reliable. So I had to really dig in and understand why it is reliable and why I can trust it as God's word. Because I remember the first time you said that we that you believe that the Bible was God breathed. I, I had never heard that before mm. in my life. Mm. I didn't even know what that meant. And so I had to go back and understand where it came from. And then uh, since then I have come to 
rely on the Bible as God's word, as, as God breathed. And, um, I think at times it can be hard as, um, as I'm going through and sort of, um, cause, cause I did study the book of Mormon so much. Um, sometimes questions will pop up as I'm studying the Bible and sometimes I will have things come to my head and I do have to, um, I have to put that up against the Bible and just say, was that a Mormon thing that I'm thinking about? Or Mm -hmm. was this in the Bible? And I have to search through the Bible and test it with the Bible. But because I have the, the, um, because I have that knowledge of where the Bible came from and, and I know that is, is God's word. Now I can rely on it and test everything against it. If that makes sense. Yeah. And I, I just have to say, it's just really, a mir- I mean, the best word I have is it's a miracle. I mean, think about your guys' story. You grew up in a church, and, and maybe some our some of our listeners can relate to this. You guys, you guys grew up in a church, like you just said, Katie, that that discredited, essentially discredited the Bible. You had the question mark with the Bible, and not the other Mormon scriptures or anything a modern day prophet would say. And yet, in spite of all of that indoctrination for thirty plus years, you guys. I love what you said, Bo, that you're just left with the Bible. Like you you realized, once you realized this about Joseph Smith, and if people need to go back and listen to some of our previous podcasts about Joseph Smith and some of the stories, and even your story, guys, about, you know, Bo as a seminary teacher, and you start reading the gospel topics essays, and you start realizing, wait a second. So really, it wasn't even, wasn't even really the Bible that did that to you. It wasn't your reading of the Bible. It was your reading of the approved information from lds.org that opened your eyes but but then it was like that's god had his foot in the door in your lives and so it was easy maybe not easy but it was clear to you that these other scriptures weren't weren't the ones that should be relied upon that they weren't the true ones but now you had this question about the question mark you know do we throw the Bible out along with everything else. And that's part of what we're going to be talking about in the series, because next week we're going to talk about where did we get the Bible? Where did it come from? We're going to talk about manuscripts. We're going to talk about um, the process of translation. We're going to talk about why it's reliable, why it's not uh, like what you used to teach your students, Bo, the telephone game, right? That, well, the reason we can't rely on it is because it's been passed down from generation to generation and humans make errors. And so we can't really know for sure if this is true. So there's just so much wiggle room when, when that's your approach, because now you read it and you're like, well, I really, I mean, that would, if that's, if that was my perspective reading and studying the Bible, I I would never, I would never open up my Bible guys. Seriously. Cause I wouldn't, it'd be frustrating to me because I wouldn't know, I wouldn't know what's reliable and what's not. And, and look, that that's the case for a lot of Mormons. A lot of Mormons don't open up their Bible. They open up the other scripture. And, and, and even when they do open up their Bible, they, they rely on the words of man to help them interpret it. And, and so, yeah, look, it, it, it's why there's such a, a difference um, when, when you read the Bible for what it is and when you realize that it's God's word and when you realize that it's reliable, um, it changes you. And it's, uh, and, 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 and it just helps you see it clearly, right? So, so when you read the book of Romans, it, look, I, I taught the book of Romans hmm. to my seminary students. And then when I read it, when I read it 
without any of the preconceived uh, notions from Mormonism. And I, I read it, it was like I'd read it for the first time. And I'd probably read it 10, 20 times. But it was, I was, it was like I read it for the first time. And I finally understood it. And it was beautiful. It was so cool. So yeah, anyway. so tell, tell, that's, that's really cool to hear. But why? Why do you, what, why do you think that was? What, what was there? I know some of it was, it was on a spiritual level, right? The Holy Spirit was revealing it. So that's, obviously, that's a big part of it. But was there something else you think going on? For you, there were yeah, no, definitely. I think there was a there was a difference in like the trust, hmm. and and I also I wasn't trying to proof text Mormonism. Hmm. I wasn't trying to look for how I could prove the Mormon Church true as I studied the Bible. I was just looking for Jesus in the pages, hmm. and and that was a completely different experience for me. Um. And yeah, and one obviously that I'm grateful for because what I found was Jesus in those pages and, um, and it changed my life. And so, so yeah, I, I would say that's probably the, the best answer I could give. Because look, when I would study the scriptures growing up and when I would study the Bible in particular, I was always looking for proof that the Mormon church was true. Because what you're told from two years old, from one year old, all the way up is, um, you know, the church is true, right? Like, at fast and testimony meeting every fourth Sunday, kids ages six and up are getting up there saying, I love my mom and dad, and I know the church is true. And and so it it you just are kind of like I wouldn't say brainwashed, but you're just you brought up to just look for why the church is true, right? You look for proof. And so when you study the Bible, you're not looking um, necessarily for, for the same things. Uh, you're looking for why the Mormon church is true. And that's why it causes so much confusion when they read the Bible, because <laughs> it's mm. not in there guys. Anyway. Well, and I, I love how you just said that, Bo, that you just wanted to know Jesus. And that's a good, some of our listeners, I think sat up in their chair when they heard you say that, because I know I, you and we all meet so many people in the Mormon church with Mormon backgrounds who, who are who are more interested in getting to know Jesus than just the just the, just a church or an institution, and that's really who this series is for. Even even for the people who aren't quite there yet, you know, you might be listening and saying, "I still don't exactly know what I believe about this. I'm not where Bo is yet. I'm not where KD is yet. I I haven't thrown out those other scriptures yet. I'm still I'm still thinking about it." Or maybe some people are listening and saying. That freaks me out even to hear that. So okay, then then that don't think about it like that yet. We're not going to be bashing the other scriptures in this series. We're just going to be elevating the Bible, and we're gonna we're gonna help people understand the Bible. And so maybe we should take a second and talk about where we're going. This is the intro to the series. So lesson one is next week, and we're going to talk about where we got the Bible from. I already mentioned this, KD. You mentioned. Uh, God breathed the word. The other word for that—that's what literally—that's what inspired means. We say we believe the Bible is the inspired word of God. It literally means God breathed. We'll talk about what that means. We'll talk about something called verbal plenary inspiration. What exactly that is talking about? Like how did God do that with human authors? That's all going to be in the first lesson next week, and then in week number two, we're going to kind of expand a little bit on that, and we're going to talk about the structure of the Bible. We'll talk about Old Testament, New Testament. And that those are the only two testaments, whereas Mormons have another testament, right? So 
that's what the Book of Mormon is, right? The subtext on the Book of Mormon is another testament. Is that right? Something like that? That's right. Spot on. Yeah. Book of Mormon, another testament of Jesus Christ. That's right. And so we're going to talk about we're going to talk about canonicity. Is is that a thing? Is should we have expected another testament? And then there's another testament. I mean, maybe not a testament, but you've got the other scriptures that go along with it, and they have the words of the prophets. And it's not just Mormons that believe in an open canon. There's all kinds of religions out there that believe in an open canon. And so in lesson two of the series, we're going to talk about um, what, like, why do Christians believe in a closed canon? And then we're going to get into a really practical, the second half of that episode, we're going to talk about the structure of the Bible. So we're going to talk about, we're going to literally open, have people open up their Bibles to the table of contents. And we're going to look at the Old Testament books and the New Testament books, and we're going to organize them for everybody and help you to understand how the Bible is organized, because it's not organized chronologically. A lot of people come to the Bible and start reading it from cover to cover, and they're get, they get really confused. Well, the reason is because you know, you're, by the time you get to the end of the Old Testament, you're reading some from some of the prophetic books, and, and chronologically, those books fit in way back toward the beginning of the Old Testament. So we're going to talk about all of that, like the structure of the Bible, so that people can really try to make sense of it. That's going to be lesson two. Then in lesson three, we're going to talk about how should we read the Bible. So that's where we're going to get into the, uh, you've mentioned the word a couple of times, Bo, proof texting. And so we're going to talk about proof texting in lesson three. Proof texting is when you, when you go to the Bible and you say, this is an idea that I want to prove from the Bible. You're not going to the Bible saying, I want the Bible to teach me. You're going to the Bible saying, I want to justify my beliefs or my understandings I want to justify it by whatever I find in Scripture. So I'm going to bend it to my will rather than the way we should study the Bible, which is that we should bend ourselves to God's will. We, sh- we should say, God, you tell me. I'm going to come to you on your terms. I don't, I'm not God. And, th- and KD, again, that's what I've seen, well, for both of you, but KD, for you in particular, some of the questions that we've tried to help you answer over the year, over this last year, I can see that you're really trying to submit yourself to God's word and say, you know, if 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 there's something wrong here, I must have it wrong. Not not God has it wrong, and I appreciate that. That's the that's the approach that we should all take when we come to Scripture. And so, in lesson number three, we're going to get into that. We're going to talk all about how to study the Bible. We're going to talk a little bit about something called hermeneutics and exegesis. We're going to get into some big words there. But the bottom line is, we're going to teach our listeners how to study the Bible. Let's pause there for a second. Bo and KD. I mean, just maybe give me a two-minute answer of how would you how would you have studied the Bible as Mormons? Did you have like an approach? Did you have a did you have a rubric when you studied the Bible? Yeah. So the I'll answer this by the way I would teach my seminary students to study the Bible. So we, we would read through the Bible and I would teach them to pull out what we called gospel principles from the Bible. So you were looking to identify doctrine and principles of the gospel. And a gospel, like a doctrine, would be like the essential uh, nature of baptism, for example, is a, is a Mormon doctrine, right? Or, uh, you know, a, a gospel principle would be more of like a like a if-then statement. If I keep the commandments, then God will bless me. Or if I pay my tithing, then God will open up the windows of heaven, right, and pour me out a blessing. So, so the gospel principles I would try to remind my seminary students to to pull out were that were a lot of times like 
pull out the if then statements, the if I do this, then God will do this type statements in, in, in scripture. Um, so that's often how we were taught to instruct our seminary students um, how to study the Bible. And then there were a few other things that you would always encourage them to look for. You would always, always encourage them to look for Joseph Smith translations as they went, read through the Bible. And you would also encourage them to look for um, cross-references to Book of Mormon and Doctrine and Covenant scripture uh, as well. So basically, your your hermeneutic for studying the Bible was do it through the lens of the other scriptures. So it wasn't, you didn't read the Book of Mormon that way, I'm sure. You didn't go, hey, here's how you study the Book of Mormon is you try to find these biblical, we start with these biblical principles that we know are from the Bible, and then we see them revealed in the Book of Mormon. I would imagine that wasn't as much of an emphasis as the other way around. No, not not as much. Now, we would look for biblical scripture to support what's being taught in the Book of Mormon, but that was to that was to raise the Book of Mormon to the level of scripture, if that makes sense. Right, right. right. Um, and then when you would p- pull stuff out of the uh, out of the Book of Mormon to prove it in the Bible, uh, anyway, that I regret the way I I studied scripture, <laughs> but it is what it is at this point. <laughs> well, so basically, yeah. The in a word, the Mormon approach to Bible study was proof texting through a Mormon through a Mormon lens. Yeah, hundred percent. It was proof texting, and and that's look, that's how I studied it. Even even in all of my instruction as a seminary student and as an institute student, right when I got my institute diploma to be a seminary instructor, like all of that instruction, years of instruction that I received was, in essence, proof texting. Absolutely. Yeah, and let me just say, I mean, I don't want to throw Mormons under the bus here, only. Because I think this is something we all do. This is something I even am tempted to do. This is something you guys will be tempted to do throughout your life. There's just a temptation. It's just called the, the flesh or sin. Like there's a temptation to want things our way. And so, you know, when I go to scripture and, I, and I'm looking to see what God's word has to say to me, I have to fight that impulse to try to bring my ideas to scripture rather than let God bring his ideas to me through scripture. And we'll talk about that in lesson three. Yeah, it, it's it's such an important point, right? Like you, you think of all the people that justify things by saying that God is love, right? Well, the scriptures teaches that God is love. Exactly. Yep. Anyway, anyway, yeah, it's a good, good point. And yes, for, for me as a Mormon growing up and teaching it, it was definitely proof texting. Okay, so that's lesson three. That'll be a fun one. And then lesson four is... Uh, basically a survey of the Old Testament. And I think for Mormons, this will be really helpful to really understand the story of the Old Testament. We'll do that in lesson four. And then in lesson five, we'll we'll do the same thing for the New Testament, the story of the New Testament, so that people can really try to understand the story. And, And remember, the whole Bible is just one beautiful story. Bo, I think you already said it. It's a beautiful story of God's love for us, his, 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 people who were broken and sinful, and then how he had to fix our sin problem, which was all through Jesus. So the whole story of the Bible, there's one thread that weaves through the whole story of the Bible, and it's, in a word, it's Jesus, and or another word related to that is grace. And so this is, this is what we'll be talking about in lessons four and five. And, you know, I mean, I think, I think that Probably people with an LDS background will have a lot to learn, but probably a lot of the details 
you're not going to probably learn a ton of details that you didn't already know. I would imagine for people like you two, Bo and KD, because you guys, you know, you you still were pretty serious about studying your Bibles as Mormons, but it's more about how all of it connects together and and what the how the framework for all of it, which is so simple. And it's it's what you said, Bo, about reading Romans. Like when you read Romans, you go back and you're like, the whole Old Testament makes sense to me now when I read something like you know, Romans, which is in the New Testament. We're going to get into all that in those lessons four and five. And then the last couple lessons are sort of bonus lessons for the LDS investigator version of this series, because the regular Bible basic series at PursueGod.org is just five lessons. It'll stop there. But we're going to spend a little more time in lessons six and seven by talking about um, what Mormons, Bible versus Mormons get wrong. So Bo, take a minute, Katie, take a minute and walk through a couple of the verbs. Just gives a little teaser for some of the verses that we're going to be covering at the end of this series. Once we learn how to study the Bible, once we learn the story of the Bible, we want to do this at the very end because we want to make sure to set a good framework and a foundation for now applying some of those Bible study principles to uh, to a couple verses from scripture that Mormons misinterpret. Yeah. And this one, we could do this series the rest of the year, probably, but <laughs> but yeah, I think two weeks are two weeks are going to work. So, how to study your non-Mormon Bible is maybe what we call it. But <laughs> but basically, I mean, there, there's there's several scriptures that are foundational to Mormons that are misinterpreted in the Bible that give Mormonism legs to stand on. Um, mm. Some of those are like the Book of James, James chapter two, right? Do works save? That that's a big one. Um, that, that I would always point to on my mission when we talked about grace and being saved by grace, then I would always say, well, faith without works is dead, right? Mm-hmm. So I would always talk about works being essential. Um, uh, another great one is 1 Corinthians 15. There's a, a couple different doctrines that Mormons believe in that are pulled out of 1 Corinthians 15, like the kingdoms of glory, for example, um, as well as a version of baptism for the dead that Mormons do in their temples. So that's that's an, a really interesting one and obviously foundational for Mormons, right? Um, both the kingdoms of glory, which is the three heavens Mormon believe in, as well as obviously baptism for the dead in the temple. And then another is, um, God, there's so many. <laughs> First Peter 3, uh, the book of Hebrews and the priesthood in general and why mm. the priesthood uh, is no longer... Um, given to man that there's so much that we could talk about in the book of Hebrews. Uh, anyway, so without getting too into it, because I just want to hop into it right now. Um, those are, yeah, those are some of the main topics that we'll be covering in those uh, in the 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 bonus uh, two weeks there. Yeah, yeah, and so that that'll be topics six and seven. So here's I want to make sure that our podcast listeners understand this. So normally we put out episodes on Mondays, but but next week and for the next 5 weeks after this, we're going you're going to be getting the episode on Tuesday and it's going to be coming from our Truth Podcast. If you've never checked out that podcast, that's just our general podcast on faith and life that we put out with pursuegod.org. Um so that releases on Tuesday 
And so we'll be getting a Tuesday release for the next five weeks, not a Monday release. And then in week six and seven, we'll, we'll come back to our regular Monday release because those are just the Unveiling Mormonism bonus topics for the Bible Basics series. And I don't know, maybe maybe we should finish this particular episode. Um, Katie, give us your best reason why someone should come back and keep listening for the next seven weeks to this Bible Basics series for LDS investigators. Okay. Well, I think this is this is the probably the most important thing when you are searching because for me um this is sort of where everything that has changed me over the last year has stemmed from the spirit has been able to um change me, but I could that couldn't happen until I logically understood where we get the Bible, why it's trustworthy. For me, that's how it had to happen. I had to understand um that logically. And then studying the Bible helps just set the stage for for all your questions. It helps set the stage to help at least for me, me understand God, understand who he is, who I am. And it just really is probably, if you're going to do research anything in Christianity, obviously this is the most important thing. And then how to study the Bible has been um, a huge question for me uh, as I've been moving through um, my journey. So I'm really excited for this. Bo, for you, we'll let you kind of have the last word then today. What would you say to the guy who, and you can relate to, you know, guys, we both know guys like this. What would you say to the guy who's listening to this and, and trying to decide if he really wants to commit to seven weeks of, of these podcasts? Uh, don't do it, man. Don't do it. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. You're going to try some reverse psychology. That's exactly right. Yeah. I was trying to reverse psychology. Thought it would work. Look, I think, um, all right. So you're listening to Unveiling Mormonism right now. And you, you found this podcast because you either come from a Mormon background or you want to share Christianity with your Mormon friends or something, right? Either way, an understanding of the Bible is critical in, in, why you came to the Unveiling Mormonism podcast, right? Whether whether you're looking to understand um, your questions better about Mormonism, maybe you're looking to understand why Christians are so adamant that the Bible is so trustworthy, right? Maybe you're looking to understand uh, the difference between Christianity and Mormonism, but the, the Bible is central in all of that, right? And maybe, just maybe, you're, you're listening because you've got a ton of questions about Mormonism and you just want to find more Jesus in your life, like the Bible's where it is. <laughs> the Bible is where you'll find Jesus. And so these, these next seven weeks are going to be crucial for, for listeners to gain a foundation for, um, for a life of biblical study. And there's nothing that's going to change your life more than the Word of God. Um, so for those listening, uh, don't do it unless you're ready <laughs> to have your life changed by the word of God. 
Hey listeners, Pastor Brian here. If you're enjoying our podcast, would you consider becoming a donor? Our goal is that these podcasts would reach the largest audience possible. So obviously it takes money to create good podcasts, but more than that, we wanna make sure to market this to the whole nation and even to the world. That's where your donation comes in. So would you consider becoming a monthly donor? And to do it, just visit PursueGod.org forward slash donate.